Well, we are in week six of our Reset series, and last week, as you guys remember, uh, Pastor Ruben took us on a uh, kind of a, an aside talking about spiritual gifts, um, starting with love, and that everything should be grounded in love. And so today, we're going to continue that discussion. And um, Did everybody, anybody have a chance to take the spiritual gifts test? I know we all do good at Anyone? Homework, right? so a few people? A few people? One person. <laughs> one person took the test. Okay, great. I took the test. So I took the test. So all three right. people. Um, and sometimes it's a little confusing to yeah. answer the questions and stuff. So hopefully today, um, in the next weeks, we'll start clarifying all that to see what are your gifts. I think one of the things is we're trying to discover what, how God has designed us and what has God created us to be. And so one of those facets in Christian life or in the church life is what has God given me? What supernatural gift has God given me? And I was thinking about Christy and, and God okay. has actually gifted Christy in a supernatural way. She has the supernatural gift of leaving doors and drawers open in the bathroom. Oh yeah? Yeah, yeah. I do. So, um, yes. Yeah, so that's not a spiritual gift. That's a marital gift. That's like, that's like my gift to you to remind you that I'm there. <laughs> so yeah, when you yeah. come home and all the doors and drawers are shut, you're going to be scared. <laughs> now one day you're going to be, uh oh, she's gone. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went on. She went on vacation one time yeah. about two years ago, and I came home from work, and every drawer and door was open. Everything was all open, and she's like, "Just want me to know." Yeah, just wanted you to think of me. <laughs> so, so no. But spiritual gifts are important, yes. and we're going to try to discover those this morning. And uh, so we're going to have some interaction, and we want to to make sure that we can understand the design that God has given each of us in our Reset series in this one titled Redesign. So let's get started this morning. Let's watch our intro. Well, good morning, church. How are you? Good. I am uh, so glad to see everyone here today, and I um, hope you guys have had a great weekend. Uh, as Pastor Ray said, last week we, we uh, began to kind of, we began looking at this process of uh, God and how he has designed uh, his body to work together in unison with one another to build one another up uh, in love. And so I wanted to take just a quick moment before we jump into a discussion with Pastor Ray um, and I about the, uh, the gifts themselves, um, but we, uh, if you have not had the opportunity to uh, go online, if you, if you want to, it is a, or if you would, uh, it's mybethel.cc forward slash gifts. There's also a link in the live event on the Bible app, so you can just click on that link. It'll take you there. Uh, it's, it is one that you have to print out. It's not an online fill out one, and it calculates it for you, so there is some calculation that you have to do on your own uh, time at home, but and, and let me be very clear that this is not uh, to um, kind of so that you can be validated, right? So that you can have a gift and be like, oh, like this is, this is to validate me. But uh, we, we need to understand that our gifts were given to us so that by design so that we could love and serve one another and point one another uh, to him. 
And so I wanna, I, we want to spend some time this week unpacking what that practically uh, looks like in the body as we function together. Um, and I want to look at, at first, to, be, to really, uh, we laid a little bit of foundation last week, but I, I really want to, to help you understand what, what Paul says in the end of chapter 12, where he talks about the spiritual gifts, he talks about the body functioning together uh, as one unit in unity with one another. But this is what he says right at the end of, of chapter 12, is verse 31. He says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now, he says, let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And then he goes into chapter 13, which is known as the love chapter. Many times it's used in wedding ceremonies and things like that. Uh, when, it, when, it, when it comes to marriage relationships, oftentimes this, this chapter is referred to, which I don't think that's wrong or out of place. But I think when we look at the context of what uh, Paul is talking about and the spiritual gifts and how they're used to work together in unison, this chapter becomes incredibly powerful for all of us in the church today so that we can understand that the motivation for everything that I do becomes uh, out of love, right? That the motivation for all that I do is a motivated, motivated by love. Because Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but did not love others, I would be as a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and purposes, and all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but did not love others, he says, I would be nothing. And he says, if I gave everything I have uh, to, to the poor, and even sacrificed my own body, I, I could boast about it, but if I love others, I would have gained, or if I don't love others, I would have gained nothing. So Paul's trying to set the stage here to say, listen, your, your gift is not a vehicle for you to receive love, but it's a vehicle for you to show love to others. It's a way that, that the, for an outside world who's looking for hope, who's looking for something different, that they would be able to look at the church and say, man, they love one another so well, and I want to be a part of that. If, if this is what the love of Christ looks like and, and the experience of loving one another, then I want that. I want to be a part of that. So we have to understand to lay the groundwork as we begin to kind of talk about these gifts. So I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Ray uh, to come up uh, and, and kind of talk about this with me for a few minutes because here's what I, what, what I think. We're going we're gonna to kind of model this uh, this morning and kind of have this like... I help you understand the importance of having these like I see in you conversations, right? Of like, what does it look like to call out these gifts in one another, to see them in one another, and to, and to help them understand that they actually have something to bring to the table. And so we want to model this um, for you uh, this morning, because I think if we don't have this foundational understanding of what some of these gifts are and kind of how they, like, they function or how they even could function, then I can't have that conversation with you because I don't have an understanding of what it is. So that's kind of what uh, today is going to be about. And I want to show you when, when it's not done in love, when it's not done for the purpose of serving others, or when you, come to the t when you show up to the table and say, I don't have anything to offer, or you misunderstand the purpose of it, then it kind of looks, it looks pretty confusing. And so I want, I want to do this illustration uh, with you real quick. So if you would, turn around and put your hands behind your back, okay? And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie your hands pretty tight. I'll tie it in a, in a nice bow for you so I can get it off easily, okay? So here's what I want you to do. Super simple task. 
All I want you to do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna model it for you, okay? And I'm just going to open the bottle, okay? Take a drink, real easily. Here's, here's yours. Oh, sorry. I guess you probably need to grab that, huh? Here, I'll set it up here so you can grab it easier, maybe. <sighs> so, yeah, you can see how that would be in- incredibly difficult, right? Okay, uh-huh. but can you take a drink? Uh-huh. No, you cannot. <laughs> you may not. Now, I don't want to touch that bottle, okay? So this one's mine. Yeah, this one's mine. That one's yours. Okay, good. Um, so that's kind of like just a, a really simple illustration of what, what it looks like when just without one body part, right? Like you can't function and do a simple task that would be otherwise incredibly easy when you're, when you're functioning properly. So now it's my turn, right? I get yeah. To, I get to do this. So, you get to do. Um, I want to actually take this and I'm going to blindfold you. Okay. All right. I'll put it on because I don't trust you. All right. Well, you got to take your glasses, <laughs> you gotta take your glasses off. No, I want to keep them on. No, I can't see you without can see. my glasses. Exactly. Okay, That's okay, the fine. point. Okay, That's the fine. point. So your glasses <laughs> off. All right. Trying to, get, trying to get away with something here. All right. So now you're going to, what you're going to do is you're going to <laughs> don't hit me, dude. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, let's see, what am I supposed to do here? You didn't give me instructions, uh, Ruben. You're supposed to open something, but I don't have anything for you to open. Just walk across stage. Just go to the back. Go to the back room there. No, I really and talk don't to, want to move. Talk to Teresa back there. Just, just walk to the back of the stage. Okay. Not that way. Okay. This way. Well, turn, you turn, can, I can't turn, see you, so... Turn, okay. turn, turn, turn. Okay. Now walk to the back of the stage. Okay. Just don't hit anything. Oh, if you'll go talk to Teresa, that'd be great. Wait, watch it. Dude, can you not see? I really can't. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All right, stop, because you're going to kill yourself. All right. You're going the oh. wrong direction. <laughs> I can't Before listen. he was talking that to Tyler, and he's like, "What, a, dude, you got some stuff on your head now. All right, there you go. By design, oh, by design. Sure. I, I knew that oh, was going to happen, right. so that's why I did it on purpose. Man, that's tough. So without hands and without eyeballs, we're kind of in trouble. Right. Yeah, and it, it, that's just a really silly way to kind of put it. But, like, man, it, number one, if we're not aware of our gift, right, it, it, it's an awareness issue. And it's also a, an issue of uh, confidence, right, to say that to know and understand that we have been given a gift, right? Scripture's clear about that, that if you put your faith and trust in Jesus and you've been given the Spirit of God who indwells you, right, that you have been empowered supernaturally by the Spirit of God with something to use for the building up of the body in love. And so when we, when we fundamentally misunderstand that, then it becomes incredibly difficult for us to really operate in a healthy way. What is, what becomes, uh, what is very simple becomes very cumbersome and very chaotic, right? And so you can imagine if, if somebody who doesn't know Jesus and is looking for love and is looking for hope and they, uh, they walk into this place or they run into a, a, you know, a body of believers somewhere along the line and, and they're not like they're at odds with one another and they're competing with one another and misunderstanding like what God has designed them to do, then, then they're like, they're, they're just scratching their head like, what? Like, what? this is not what I thought it would look like, right? And so we want to help maybe um, open up a discussion. So let, let's start with this question, Ray. So why is it important that we take time to understand these gifts? 
I think when I, when I think about spiritual gifting and when I think about an actual body, like the church body, the family, um, if we don't understand how God designed us and how he placed us in the body, we'll just, we're just going to be spectators. I think last week mm-hmm. you talked about the, the arena and there's the spectators and then there's the participators. And there's, this is not a spectator sport. This is not something that we come and watch. God has actually placed you in this body to know why you're here and to know what you're supposed to do. And I think that's why it's important. We've all been places and events or or possibly family gatherings, that it just turns into chaos. It just turns into disorder. And I think something about the church body is that God has brought people in, you specifically that are here, and he has given you a supernatural gift. This is not a natural talent. It's actually a supernatural gift that he has placed in your life for you to exercise in the church to fit together. And we all know when we've experienced it. We all know when we've experienced a a, let's say a spiritual or a supernatural kind of unity, and it's, it brings joy, it brings contentment, it brings fulfillment. Um, uh, Brother Jim Tipton, I, I think he might be watching right now, but uh, Jim Tipton came to, to Bethel a couple years ago, and he told me, he says, this is, the, this is the one place that I felt like heaven on earth. And so when we think about heaven, heaven is a place of unity where everybody's on the same page, and that's what happens. We're not talking about looking alike. We're not even talking about acting alike. We're talking about simple unity coming together. So spiritual gifting and understanding it and actually discovering it is super powerful in your spiritual journey. It's something that we all need to focus on. Yeah, and I think uh, that's uh, incredibly important. That's why we put that out there. And, and the assessment is not necessarily for you to, it, it's a starting point to begin yeah. to kind of discover this. Because you mentioned, uh, as we were kind of talking through this, that uh, the importance of somebody else calling it out in you. That it's not right. necessarily you discovering it and be like, I have this gift and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own this. But it's actually, because it was designed for the benefit of others, I think there's an element or a piece there that's yeah. uh, important for others to recognize in us. So why don't you speak to that? Yeah, so Jesus bit. talks about fruit and bearing fruit. And there's, there's a, let, let's talk about the difference between spiritual fruit and spiritual gift. Because I think a lot of us confuse the gifting that you see in Philippians where it says love, joy, peace, happiness, patience, kindness. All that is fruit of being connected to the Spirit, like actually living in the Spirit. There's a fruit that overflows that people benefit from. Example, you're driving down the highway. I use the highway a lot because a lot of us have different personalities in the car. Get behind the wheel and we're just different, you know? Well, spiritual fruit is when I live within the Spirit and I'm driving down the highway, my patience benefits those around me. I'm not going to cut people off. I'm going to let people yield. I'm going to let them come in, or I'm not going to have road rage. That's the fruit of the Spirit that people benefit. The gifts operate a little differently, but they have the same principle. Therefore, the people around me. I don't eat my own fruit that I, that I produce. That's kind of weird. Other people eat my fruit. And then also my gift. I don't use my own gift. I don't open it for myself. I actually let someone else open it and enjoy it. And so there's the, there's the separation. I've told you guys about my grandma's uh, fruit on her table. Um, when I was a kid, there was a, f- a table and she had this really nice dining room that we never sat in. It was just very, very formal. We never got to eat in there. And there was this bowl of fruit that looked amazing on the middle of the table. Well, I wanted to eat that fruit, and my grandma never would let me. And so one day when she wasn't looking, I grabbed a grape, and I took a bite of it, and it was plastic. It was no, it was no good. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, when we bump into other believers and we taste their fruit, it's false. It's plastic. When we open their gifts that they are operating in, you're like, oh, that's not really your gift. So we need to be honest. This is an honest assessment. We have to look at ourselves, and then we need to allow other people to speak into our lives. And so let's do an example real quick. Uh, Miss Joanne, we're going to put you on the spot. Now, nobody freak out because this is pre talked about, okay? So Miss Joanne, uh, Riley, Marquise, why don't you come up? Marquise, come on up. And I'm going to, we're going to do an exercise with Miss Joanne, okay? Because this is part of what we want to do. I want you to have a seat in this chair. 
right here. And if you don't know Miss Joanne, Miss Joanne um, came to our church over a year ago. She's been a part of Bethel for, it's been a while now, I lost, I lost track. Um, but Miss, Miss Joanne, and then John, if you know John, he is go God. I mean, he's just going to go God, go okay? God. So Woo! if you don't know jo- John, All caps, you need to get to G-O-D. know. Exactly. You need, to, you need to get to know John. But John and Joanne uh, came to our church, and they began to exercise their gifts. And so this is what I, what I see in you, Joanne. I see in you a supernatural gift of mercy. You have this ability to see people in their circumstances, and you see people in the way that they're working in their lives, whether it's good or bad, and you have the supernatural ability to celebrate with them and also to cry with them. And that's something that's beyond um, just natural, because it's not just empathy. It's not just walking a mile in their shoes. There's something that God has put in your heart to show mercy to people that are either going through a really rough time or to show celebration to people that are going through a joyful time. Um, when you call Joanne on the phone, uh, be expecting some time. You're going to have some time because Joanne loves to talk. I love to talk. This is a recipe for disaster. And we'll be on the phone for a long time. But one of the things that Joanne always brings out is how people are coming in and she can't help but be moved with mercy on these people. And so that's what I see in you, uh, Joanne, is the supernatural ability to show mercy on people's lives. And what I want to do is I want to pray over you, and I want Pastor Ruben to come over and pray over you, and I want us to allow God in your life to build up that supernatural gift that he's given you of mercy. You allowed us to do that? All right, let's pray. God, we are grateful for Joanne. It's been amazing to watch her and the way that her heart is moved with compassion. I uh, think about how when you were on earth, Jesus, and you saw the crowds and the multitudes, and you knew what they were going through, and you fed them, and you healed them, and you touched them, and you hung out with them. I, I see this in Joanne's life. I see that you have given her, deep in her soul, a supernatural gift of mercy, where she can see people where they are. She can walk with people through their heart, heartaches. She can cry with people. And God, it's further, it's more along than just empathy, but it's actually moved to action, uh, where she cries with tears and she rejoices with laughter with those, God, that are going through uh, difficult or joyful times. Uh, What a blessing to our church and what a key part of our church she is. Now, I pray over her and I pray that you would just light a fire of mercy within uh, Joanne and that she would step into this and that she would make a difference in our community and our church. God, you've called her to be a part of Bethel. And we need her in our midst to show mercy, especially now more than ever. God, we love you. I pray that your spirit just blesses her. And God, that she um, walks out with a supernatural ability from before we've already seen it. And now we confirm in her of of mercy. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Miss Joanne. Appreciate that. God bless you. That was easy, wasn't it? All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Awesome. And so what's the purpose of, of having a conversation like that, right? Because, um, I, and I think this is laying the framework and, and the groundwork for us to be able to have those conversations in our midst with each other and one another. And that it doesn't, just because, you know, we, we lay hands and, and we pray uh, over someone doesn't necessarily um, mean that now they'll always exercise that gift, right? Like it's the spirit of God that empowers that in them. And so we want to, we want to unpack that. And so what, what is, what is mercy? And so here's what we want to do. We want to take some of these gifts that that scripture mentions, and you can find these, um, 
in several different places throughout Scripture, Second Corinthians or First Corinthians twelve, Romans chapter twelve. Uh, for, there's there's a, a small list in in First Peter, um, and then also in Ephesians chapter four, right? And so we can see some of these things coming out, and God kind of addressing some of them. So what is mercy? Um, the the gift of mercy is uh, the, the divine strength or ability to feel empathy and care for those who are hurting in any way, right? So we see. Uh, you know, even with compassionate hands, right? Like that you're exercising that gift to bless others and to build one another, one another up in love, right? And so... Um, and the cool thing about mercy, yeah. and this is specifically about mercy, is the people with mercy tend to pick up the pieces from other people with other gifts. Some people have the gift of leadership or the gift of prophecy. They just say it like it is. And someone with mercy kind of comes along and picks up a lot of pieces that other people and their gifting um, to, uh, do. So like in our family, you know, this is kind of like a family thing. So at home, we have certain people that have certain jobs. We have people that take out the trash. We have people that wash dishes. We have people that clean the floor in our own family. Well, in the church is the same way. And the person with mercy is a person that has a lot of work to do because there are other people, even me, that kind of walk through situations and we're like, uh, Miss Joanne, can you come clean up this mess over here? That would be really nice. And if we don't have people with the gift of mercy, and maybe there's others here that have that gift that can sit with someone, cry with someone, and rejoice with someone, it's very, very important. And, that, and that's why in our church, it is super loving, and it's one of the gifts that, that is a building gift. Yeah. And so we want to look at a couple other gifts, and, and we want to answer uh, several questions, okay? Are there examples of people who come to mind um, when, when we think about this gift? And maybe as you're thinking, as we kind of roll through these, some people will come to your mind and be like, oh, like that person really does, does that often. And others you know? you'll be like, nope, it's yep. not them. Be like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't see that. Uh, and that's by design, right? Because in, like we talked about last week, we need each other to actually function in a healthy way because God didn't design any one person to function in every single way, right? right? He designed different people to look uniquely, right? That you said it's not, it's not uniformity, but it's, it's unity, unity, right? That we right. should not all look the same. Um, and so the gift of evangelism. And this um, is awesome. So what is evangelism? So let's start there. What is yeah, evangelism? Yeah, so simple definition, and this is not an exhaustive one, but just to kind of give you an idea. The gift of evangelism is a divine strength or ability to help non-Christians take the necessary steps to becoming a born-again Christian, um, to be raised from, from death into life. And we know that Jesus uh, and the Holy Spirit of God is the one who saves people. But... Um, how to I've see seen, people to I do. mean, I've seen, seen people in our church, but I've also seen people internationally. Uh, Christy and I were missionaries in, in Central America. And uh, one of the clearest examples of evangelism, a gift of evangelism, was Pastor Stalin. He's the pastor of the church there in Costa Rica. That guy, he can witness to anyone in any situation. I've just, it blows me away. His kids are like, there's dad again talking about Jesus. He just can't help it. And it's this supernatural ability. There's people in Costa Rica, if you've been, that carry these shotguns in front of the mall, in front of banks, in front of grocery stores. And most people avoid someone with a shotgun. But Pastor Esteban will walk in and be like, hey, that shotgun reminds me of Jesus. <laughs> and it's like, it's super weird because he'll be standing there talking to people that no one else will talk to, and they'll end up accepting Christ because he's shown them the way to salvation. I've just never seen it so clearly as in Pastor Esteban. But I've also met some people in our church. You know, uh, Dale Thole, I, I, don't, I, I don't see him, but Dale Thole has a, has a gift of evangelism that God has given him to talk with people that are, not, that are disconnected from God and bring them into a relationship with him. And so evangelism is very powerful. So why would evangelism be important for the church? Yeah, because that's the mission that Jesus set us on, right? He said, yeah. like, that... 
you know, he came to seek and to save those who were lost. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, that's, that's why we're here is that so that we can, that we can love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus, right? right? So there's people in the world who their hearts have not been awakened to the reality that Jesus had rescued them and that they even needed to be rescued, right? And so right. it's through relationships and it's through conversations that have that, like things click. And so God, I think supernaturally empowers us to have some of those spiritual conversations that otherwise we wouldn't have, right? right? You've been in situations. There's moments, and I think that's the thing, is not to let everybody off the hook, because if you don't have like a supernatural gift of evangelism, doesn't mean you're off the hook, because Jesus said to go right. make disciples. And so yeah. everyone is part of this, but there are just some people that have a way with words and have a way with uh, the, the, the way to explain um, evangelism or the gospel, the good news of Jesus that is just supernatural. There's no way around it. Yeah, and it's so. really an, an incredible thing. So yep. next gift is uh, giving. And the simple definition is the gift of giving is a divine strength or ability to produce wealth and to give by tithes and offerings for the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God on earth. And so why do we, like, let's start with maybe why do we why do we give, right? Because right. some people have a, a skewed version of, like, <laughs> why we give, like, oh, because the church needs my money or right. because God needs my money or because it without my money, God would... Um, like God would somehow not have the resources that he right. needs. And it's like, um, actually, God's the sustainer and creator of all resources. Well, so I think the why comes down to the heart. And yeah. so the why is the heart. If God has my wallet and has my bank account, he has everything else. And so the kindergarten, like entry level of Christianity is nothing's mine. It's all God's. Mm -hmm. And when God asks me to give a portion of my income, my fruit, something that I've earned, back to him, all I'm doing is recognizing that it's all his anyway. And so yeah. gi giving is a, it's actually a mark of a Christian, giving in general. But there are some people that have a supernatural just push to give far above and beyond just what God asked for, asked of them. And that is a, that's the gift of giving. I, I know in my own life, my father-in-law, Jim Crossan, he's got a supernatural gift to see people's needs empathize and give above and beyond. Within the church, he's blessed people beyond measure. I don't want to take away his, his crowns in heaven, but he has done an incredible, I think God has given him a supernatural gift of giving. Yeah. And so I've very generous. Definitely um, see that and have experienced that even on a personal level. And so um, the gift of helps, right? So the gift of helps is a divine strength or ability to work in a supportive role for the accomplishment of tasks in Christian ministry. And so uh, these are people who have the ability to kind of come alongside. And um, I so let's think about ahead. this. So in the church, we have toilets and air conditioning and mm -hmm. we have floors and we have I mean, we have stuff that happens that most people think there's these little gnomes that run around little Christian gnomes that do stuff. And actually, we could call these little gnomes the ones that with a gift of helps, because the gift of helps doesn't need recognition. It's just, I want to go and do something, whether someone knows that I'm doing it or not. Mm -hmm. I see that in you, Ruben. You're yeah. a helper. Uh, you look for things to do, and you want to serve people. It's an amazing, it's an amazing gift. And so I, I see that in you, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I think it goes along with uh, very closely tied to the gift of service, which is the gift of serving is the divine uh, strength or ability to do small or great tasks in working for the overall good of the body of Christ. And so um, it's like this. this so the difference between helps, helps and service. So what's the difference between the two? Because they're close, but there is a difference. Um, yeah, well, I would, I would say that helps is not necessarily like they don't necessarily uh, exude the gift of leadership, right? That they come alongside in more of like a supportive role and to say, 
I actually don't have uh, the framework or even God just hasn't given me the supernatural ability to say like, man, let's rally the troops and go, but I will be there every single time, right? Service, you could potentially have even the gift of, of leadership. And let me, let me double click on that for a second because helps is an incredible thing that like there's no, uh, this is not to, and again, this is what was happening in the Corinthian church is they would say, oh, because you're not in leadership, yeah. you don't matter. And it's like, whoa, time out. Like, God actually like gifted you with that, and so for you to not use it would be to um, would be to misunderstand why yeah. God gave it to you. Well, I want and you to me- like think about it this way: pick any body part. It doesn't matter what the body part is. Just pick it and say, "I don't really need it," and chop it off your body. And let me tell me if you miss it. Yeah. So a few years ago, <laughs> my father-in-law, just to pick on him a little bit, um, he stuck his hand in a mower and lost some fingers. And I promise you, he misses those fingers even though he's functioning fine without them. It's one of those things where we think, oh, it's less important. It's not a big deal. But when you don't have it, you're like, oh, I missed that. And mm-hmm. so there's people that come in and out of our church. And here's why this is so important, is that once you find your identity or how God has created you and you plug into the local church, when you're not here, it's like losing a finger. When you're not here, it's like losing a foot. It's like trying to drink water without your hands because God has placed you in this body to do something. And so this is not, a, this is not an approach to push you into some kind of legalistic service. It's not that. It's really just the understanding that when you're not here, we miss you. We, there's, a, there's a part of this that is missing. Yeah. And so God creates this body, and he actually doesn't want these weird outgrowths. He doesn't want that. He actually wants something that comes together and functions together and helps as a massive one, service as a massive one. We were talking about this week. I think uh, Mike Holland has the gift of service. It's amazing. Oh, he's, leader, he's a leader, Incredible. but he has a gift of service, sees things, gets them done, puts it together. It's pretty amazing. And so yeah. I, we see that in him. Yeah. And I would say uh, even more like along those lines that this is not an, an, this is not an attendance issue. Right. This, this no, is no, a no. participation issue. So because it's possible to have perfect attendance all year long. <laughs> but yeah. like, if you're not an active participant and saying, man, like I actually bring something to the table as a follower of Jesus that I'm going to serve other people with, whether that's a conversation in the lobby, whether that's actually uh, doing a physical task or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. like the church misses that. So not just showing up in attendance, but actually showing up in participation and saying, I am a part of this. Like this is, right. this is my church as well. Like, and, and it, like I belong to this body. So, so it's good. Ruben and I have a supernatural gift of rambling. We have this oh, thing yeah. where we How's how are we doing? We're, we're time? over. I mean, we're done. We're oh man. <laughs> so we have this supernatural ability just to talk about nothing for a long time. But we've been talking no, about we've been something, talking about something, which we've is good, talking, which is, is good, good. But we kind of get off track sometimes. So um, what we want to do is we want to stop here because we don't want to just rush through some. Yeah. Um, but we want to stop here on the gift of service, knowing that God has a purpose for each person. And so this week, and then we're going to talk about it next week. If you see on the list and you're like, well, I just don't know. What we want to do is empower in you the conversation of hey, I see this in you. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a little bit of practice because that means I've got to be aware. I have to discern a little bit. I have to know someone. I'm not just going to randomly, Teresa asked me, so I don't just go on the beach and just pick out someone and say, hey, I see in you. I was like, that would be awkward, Teresa. We don't want to do that. Um, But something happened to her. That actually happened to her on the beach. Some dude's like, I see in you, blah, blah, blah. And he's throwing something. She's like, eh, cool. (laughs) What we need to do is we need to make sure that in the body, We're looking at one another and we're lifting one another up. And so when you have a conversation with someone that is struggling with their identity and you say, I see in you the gift of 
evangelism, or I see in you the gift of service, or I see in you the gift of mercy. There's something that it does supernaturally in someone, and it lifts them up. And what it shows is that we're not all the same. Yeah. But God brings us not. into unity. We've talked yeah. about this forever. Uh, really, this year has been a theme. Unity yeah. is the most powerful word in the cosmos. It's the most powerful word. That's why when we come together on Sunday, this is not about a bunch of other things. This is not about the building. This is not about anything other than for a certain amount of time, we're going to come together in unity together. And the more unified we are, guess what? The less chaotic the world is. Yeah. And we, we spur one another on to love and good works. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 25, and we'll close with this verse. It says that this makes harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. It says, if one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all parts are glad. All of you, get this, together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So let's remember that none of this is possible without him because he is alive and well and he is working through his Holy Spirit in all of us. And so uh, I want to stand and sing uh, together in praise to Jesus because this is not about us, but it is about a living Savior who is our hope, who we have hope in. And so we're going to sing together uh, living hope. But before we do that, I want to pray for you, um, and I want to pray that God would move in our church body and that we would all be functioning members of it. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together and to be encouraged through your word. Um, and God, I pray that your word would speak into the hearts and lives of everyone uh, within earshot this morning, Lord. Those who are watching online, those who are sitting here in the room, God, and I pray that we would all come together in unity to love and serve one another for the purpose of helping people find and follow you. Lord, we love you. Uh, we know that you are at work in our midst, and we pray that you would continue to be at work, and I pray that we would be sensitive to your spirit and your leading and your moving, uh, and that we would pivot and move in whatever direction that you have us to go, because this is not about us. It is about you, and it is about, uh, it is about others, Lord, and I pray that we would keep that at the forefront of our minds, and that people in our community uh, and in our homes and in the world around us would come to know you as a result of us and the way that we love one another and serve one another with the gifts that you have given us. So we love you. We thank you for all that you do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing Living Hope together.